You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. And we watched two movies. And Jasper, I think it's time we had the talk. What what talk? The talk about the birds and the deadly bees. <laughs> This episode, we are going to be talking... This was your pick. This is my pick. We will be talking about the birds... And the deadly bees. Yeah. Which are somewhat like each other. What's the connection here? Not, well. <laughs> okay, beyond the obvious title connection, it feels like even if we didn't have the birds and the bees tie, these could thematically be linked together. Yeah, they actually quite like quite a lot in the trivia, actually. I was looking at both of these. Oh, yeah? There was a lot of accusations that the deadly bees was trying to copy completely the the birds well they failed <laughs> they they failed horribly we're gonna kick off with the birds alfred hitchcock the birds the birds from 1963 as you mentioned there directed by alfred hitchcock this is a classic this is a film classic based on a book by daphne du maurer du maurer du maurer du maurer du maurer screenplay by evan hunter Mm-hmm. And starring Rod Taylor, Tippi Hedren, Jessica Tandy, Veronica Cartwright, Suzanne Plachette, and some other people. That's the main cast, though. I feel like I've heard Jessica Tandy before. Oh, yeah. Definitely. She, she was in stuff for a long time. She played Lydia in this, and that was the daughter, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, she was an actress well into... I, I know her as, like, an older lady. She was in a lot of, I want to say, 80s and maybe some 90s stuff as an older lady. The MovieDB.org has an overview of this movie. Their their synopsis of this movie is, Chic socialite Melanie Daniels enjoys a passing flirtation with an eligible attorney in a San Francisco pet shop and, on an impulse, follows him to his hometown bearing a gift of lovebirds. But upon her arrival, the bird population runs amok. Suddenly, the townsfolk face a massive avian onslaught with the feathered fiends inexplicably attacking people all over Bodega Bay. Which I thought was a very nice name for a town. Bodega Bay. <laughs> it's kind of groovy, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll say just a couple things about it, but I want to kick to your thoughts first. Mm-hmm. But this was during Hitchcock's, like... Alfred Hitchcock made a lot of movies. He worked from the 20s into... Oh, did the last one hit the 70s? I want to say it looked like it was 70s. But The Birds is kind of grouped amongst his, like prime like he did boom 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 a series of movies that are just that are kind of his classics his masterpieces there's north by northwest uh this psycho vertigo but yeah so the birds what did you think had you ever seen this before and what did you think of the birds i've seen again parts of this one i thought it was pretty pretty good for an older movie again i'm more into the newer movies but pretty good for an older movie are we ever not gonna get that (laughs) sorry we're always gonna get well i mean (laughs) I don't, I'm assuming we don't have like, you know, film snobs necessarily that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. 
But every time somebody, every when I'm listening to somebody and then they say, oh, it was pretty good for an older movie, I check right out of what they have to say about the rest of that movie. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I would say I'm more into the, the newer movie, like newer movie stuff, but I, I like going back and seeing the older ones. Mm-hmm. This like what what I'm saying is like a lot I'm of the sorry older, to jump on you. It's no, just that specific no. phrase comes up every time we watch a movie that wasn't made in. Well, we're in the, this is what I'm. This pretty is pretty much every movie we've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean by that. So this is lo- one of the older that we've covered. Yeah, this might be the oldest movie we've watched. Uh, wasn't Ant? No, Ants was seventies. Ants it? was seventies. The only other one that's close, other than the other movie we're talking in this episode, is. The Wasp Woman. It's all about insects. Oh, that was, yeah, that was the 50s. Was it 50s? Yeah, okay. that was 50s. Okay, that might be the four. oldest then. No, so like what I mean by that, I was kind of call it the ADHD era, where a lot of the older movies were like a lot slower progressing. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm into the where it's like attention here, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I did enjoy this one. <laughs> there were some things between this and the, and the, the Deadly Bees that was kind of funny, like the whole gluing the animals to their face was kind of weird, but I, I, feel, I actually, I like the story, even though mm-hmm. they really never tell you why the bird, I kind of got it, but like, mm-hmm. they never really tell you why the birds went insane. That didn't bug you? Mm-hmm. Because in other things we've covered, stuff like that has bugged you, but it, it doesn't, yeah, I'm fine with it here. I kind of like that they don't explain it. Yeah, I did, I, although I did think that, that, that scene where she's talking about the feed, like the bird feed. And she's like, do you think they're sick? And like, just the way she looks back and it's like, oh, I see what you're trying to do there. Trying to see, trying to just push it in. It's the feed. (laughs) They do several things. There's other, kind of like uh, Night of the Living Dead. An odd comparison, I guess. But Night of the Living Dead doesn't, I I could be wrong. I've seen it multiple times, but I guess it's been a little while. doesn't explicitly say, here's why the zombies are happening. But they kind of, it throws a couple things out there. And I think... I think the news might have said something about a comet, but I like an idea about a comet. But I like an idea. I like the idea of like not explaining this why this thing's happening, but maybe throwing out a couple possibilities. Like in the case of the birds, I don't know. They're talking about a bunch of stuff in that cafe scene mm-hmm. um, just before the town just falls into total disarray out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But the one guy's like, "It's the end of the world," and just kind of throw a bunch of different things in there, and you can you know. Maybe it's the feed. Maybe it's the end of the world. Maybe whatever. The one I liked in the cafe was with they keep talking. The lady's like, can you tell them to quiet down? And they just keep talking about it. <laughs> it's just like. Can I, okay. Since you brought that up, this lady's freaking out. You're scaring the children. It's like, uh, no lady, you're scaring your children. Mm-hmm. Your children look fine. You're the one having a mental breakdown over these people's conversations about birds. So right. like. Chill out. (laughs) You're scaring the children. And that's when her son says, are we going to die, mommy? It's like, your children were fine before you started wigging out, lady. And like you going back to the the cause of it, I do like that they, so they basically say it's either the feed or it's, she is, uh, she's evil. Oh yeah. They throw that. Well, the one lady. You're evil. I kind of like that they throw it in there because it's, I don't buy that at all, Mm -hmm. but I like that they had a character in there make that logic leap because watching through and thinking of like, well, why is this happening? That could be an assumption you make because you do find out eventually. And okay, this movie's from 1963, but spoiler warning, we're going to give spoilers on it. Not that there's really much to spoil, but we're going to give spoiler warnings right now. Spoilers. 
but it's contained to Bodega Bay for the most part. Yeah. Which is a little weird. I kind of wish it was like really apocalyptic, but I guess they have to be able to get them out to safety and still have a kind of happy ending in a way. But, you know, she travels to Bodega Bay and it kind of starts happening when she gets there. So that's a logic leap you could make. So I like that they had one character say it and go hysterical. It's that lady without really like having any of the other characters buy into it because that you could make that logic leap, but it doesn't seem likely. I can't, but that's what I mean. It's kind of like they try to throw you off the trail what you think it might be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, it is her because they did. But the thing that got me that wasn't her is because she said it started when you got here. But then that guy right before, right as they're talking in the in the cafe, says that the ship, another ship was attacked by birds like that before she showed up. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ah, can't be her. Although her getting hit by the goal was kind of funny because she's like, like doing the whole like I I'm concussed kind of head movement. Uh huh. But she's like, I'm fine. And then they and then I thought it was weird that he didn't really tell the lady that was trying to help what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she just cut her head outside. And then she kind of felt like it was like self-inflicted. Like, oh, you cut cut yourself like outside. Why did you do that? You know, I didn't get. I didn't get. I didn't catch that at all. No, yeah, because well, it's just the way she says it. Hmm. She's like, oh, she cut herself. My general thoughts. I've seen the birds many times. I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. I've seen not all of his movies. He's got a lot. There's a few that I've never gotten gotten around to see, and I probably should. But I've seen a good majority of them. This isn't my favorite Hitchcock movie. And when I was younger, I wasn't. I was t- telling you off mic before, you know, that my mom loves this movie, so she'd watch this a lot. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh, the birds again. Oh, this movie's so slow. But after I got into Hitchcock quite a bit and got more into the art of films and got more into movies, I appreciated it a lot more. And on this recent viewing, actually, I enjoyed it quite a bit more than I expected. Mm-hmm. The s- slower stuff I found more more entertaining. There's some funny things in this movie that aren't supposed to be funny, but there's also some stuff that is funny, like some of the, uh, just kind of that certain somewhat dry humor. But yeah, I enjoyed this quite a bit more than I was kind of expecting to on a rewatch, on this rewatch. But that's not to say I don't have some criticisms. I'm not surprised you find it slow. I find what's there entertaining, but I feel like maybe there's a little bit too much there. It takes its time before we really get into the big turning point where the movie completely focuses on dealing with this bird situation because up to that point, it's like occasional birds, but we're otherwise involved in this could be stalker girl, this tippy hedron, uh, this lady, what's her name? Melanie Daniels character, uh, pursuing who in any other time you would assume is a gay guy. Am I wrong? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) He doesn't seem to like he's, he's got options. He doesn't seem to hook up with them. He's very friendly with his mother, you know, yeah, him calling his mom honey and or darling. D- darling, darling a lot. And I, that's an old, older movie. That's an older thing. It's an older movie thing. But that seems so strange to me, that calling his mom Like, darling. every time he said it, I was like, could you please stop? It's like, like creeping me out. No wonder your mom's got, I think like, call weird, her sweetheart at one point. weird attachment issues to you, man. Like, stop it. Yeah. I don't know how to approach this. Uh, it's the birds. Like, you know, we do. We follow this. It is very impulsive that this lady went out there, like drove hours out to this place, broke and entered into his house to drop off these birds. Good old B&E. And then spies on him from the boat before they actually hook up. There's some interesting... There's not really much to the plot. It's just characters. And then we watch characters kind of bounce off of each other for a while. And then bird attacks. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's pretty much the movie. 
But what I find interesting is I legitimately find a lot of the character interactions between Melanie Daniels and what's the and Mitch, Mitch, yeah, Mitch. Mitch's name, Mitch Brenner. I do find their interactions charming. It is funny because the Mel- Melanie Daniels character has some issues. <laughs> and there's the one scene at the birthday party where they're having a nice time, they're talking, and then he says something about her mother, and she just <gasps> spins around, my mother, and just like almost tears instantly. It's like, whoa, whoa. Right. That's ooh, that's a pretty broad trigger to have. Like just, just to mention her mother and just she just wigs. But yeah, so she doesn't know this guy at all and pursues him up here. They have a chemistry, so that's good. Basically, Mitch is surrounded by women. All no longer with and then move near him. He's surrounded by women who want him. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't, like, he flirts with Melanie. Like, he hooks up with her. But he just, for the most part, he's just like, I'm suave. I'm just doing my thing. Like, he doesn't pay anyone any mind. Like, he doesn't acknowledge most of it at all. But, you know, his mother doesn't want to apparently. They say it's not that she's jealous. It's She doesn't want to be abandoned. Nah, she's jealous. Right. And what you were talking about was Annie, hmm. Annie Hayworth, the other lady who lo- lives in town through circumstance, Melanie ends up staying with there because uh, she stays the weekend. And she was kind of a Melanie situation where uh, she met him in, where, was it San Francisco? Yeah. And they, in San Francisco. and they dated for a while, but then broke up. But she moved to that town anyway to be closer to him. So she's kind of the old flame and obviously she's still carrying a torch for him. Is that the expression? Yeah, basically like she said, she doesn't ever want to lose his friendship. So she moved closer. A little weird. She's obviously, even though he spends most of his week in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. He's only there. On That's the what I thought was weird when she's like, I wanted to be close, but I'm like, well, why don't you get an apartment across from him or something? It seems less weird when he catches me stalking him. If I live here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that character. I like her, but yeah, that's a little weird. And she's obviously jealous of the new blonde who showed up. So there's this weird, it's not quite love triangle. It's just this weird, like three ladies all into him. One's his mother. And he, for the most part, is just whatever, just too busy being suave. He also feel, I feel like Mitch has got like a network in the town. Like, I feel like even almost at the point when he calls the boat for her, mm-hmm. I thought he's like, you know, Hey Mitch, she's on her way. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like I didn't call the boat. I called him. But it, <laughs> it seems like he kind of lives like a secretive life there. But, you know, except Annie Hayworth is just, you know, creeping, creeping you from across the bay. Yeah. But um, you're saying the relationship between them. And I kind of like it like in the even older movies where like a man and a woman would argue. It's kind of like fast paced, you know. Uh-huh. But they're kind of just like, he's like, you were lying. Or, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, uh, man. You know. <laughs> You know, I'm so torn with her performance in this because at times, I think all the performances are pretty good. And at times, I think it's just, it doesn't look like she, this is going to sound mean, much meaner than it is intended, but it doesn't look like there's really anything going on behind her expression. Mm -hmm. But other times you can totally read her face. Like when he's, are you talking about where she's getting in the car to leave? Yeah. He knows she's lying. Like he's just kind of having fun with her. You know, you're you're lying, aren't you? And she just gets this look where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's caught. Mm-hmm. And then she gets mad. And I I like that. I think that's fun. And she seems legitimately mad, but she's still like, you know, 
snarking back and forth. Yeah, with he's him. like, you you didn't know Hayworth before? No, I I was lying. <laughs> yeah, it just he like knew the whole time, and he's like, all right, yeah, and I'm gonna just bust you out, and like because he's like, oh, I want to see you again. He knows, like, even though you're a liar, <laughs> like you know. Him, Mitch is there's. It's really hard to pick up much from his character, but I feel like Melanie Daniels and Annie Hayworth, and to an extent his mom are fairly well-developed characters. Melanie Daniels is, she's kind of an interesting character because she is, she's like. I also kept wanting to make the joke during this whole thing <laughs> that Melanie was Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Stormy Daniels, yeah. nope. I was like, come on, I can get it. But she is impulsive. She has a tendency and, you know, it's not malicious lies, but she does clearly has a tendency to. Tell some tall tales. Yeah, too like she likes to kind of constantly. She kind of likes to con her way into the these weird situations. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of an interesting character. And I think they're kind of playing into the the fact that she's like a rich girl connived her way to the top. You know, well, her dad owns a paper. Yeah, she doesn't necessarily have to work, and it seems like so. That's the hobby she's taken up is just you know, other than her one day a week, she goes and does charity work or something like she. Uh, she's not a con person, a con con man, con man, a con woman. She just plays these weird games, I guess. I always like the the ribbing too of the kind of ribbon of her for the Rome. It's like, oh, you like to jump in fountains naked. I particularly enjoyed that this viewing. I thought a lot of that stuff was. I thought it was fun. Like some of the the ribbing and the back and forth. Like this sounds super cheesy, but it made me smile as I was watching it. I was like, huh, yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I know that sounds super cheesy, but. I was enjoying it. And there's like Hitchcock likes to occasionally throw in like he's got a very dry sense of humor, but there's like a little humorous things intentionally thrown in like the birds in the cage while she's driving up there, which she is driving like a maniac. It doesn't look that bad, but you hear the tires squealing as she's going around curves, but like it'll show the birds in the cage as she's going around curves and they both, they both lean to the way she's turning. It's like, that's kind of fun. You know, that's another thing. Unnecessary car sounds. <laughs> There is so bad in there. <laughs> the squealing of the tires on that drive up there was a little much. It's like, I get what you're going for, but she's not going that fast. <laughs> yeah. I see the car. She's not going that fast. Yeah. It's not flipping like, you know, fishtailing. Like it sounds like it's going. That's the, yeah. Those are squeals. Like before you hear a boom. My thing too was like the, where the, cause you can tell it's a stick shift. It's like, wah, wah, wah. And they like, you know, get going. I was kind of laughing when they're trying to escape and he pops pops the clutch out of the garage and it's suddenly just quiet as he, you can tell, powers through these birds. Mm. But then when they get in and are leaving, the car is now loud again. <laughs> like, Oh, really? It's like, <laughs> like it just. You, see, you notice these things. Yeah. I, I notice the obvious like t- extreme tire squealing around curves, but I don't notice like necessarily. Yeah. That's not accurate to the sound of the gear that they're currently in. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've talked about car sounds a couple times on this show. Now, see, I was going to bring this up, too. So I thought it was weird because I watched The Deadly Beast first. Mm -hmm. So I legitimately thought that the storyline for this movie was going to be Mitch was the center of the birds. No. I was like, no, it can't be. (laughs) that's That's another example of, like, for me, what sets this movie above movies like the deadly bees and stuff. I want to talk about some of the Hitchcockisms in this. This movie has this very strong, and it's something I didn't necessarily recall. His is very strong voyeuristic, a voyeur feel. And I know that's a thing that Hitchcock does a lot. He made a whole movie about being a voyeur. It's called rear window. And we're going to do it sometime. We're going to watch it movie sometime. It's great. But the whole movie is Jimmy Stewart 
stuck in his apartment. So he's lit- it's being a voyeur. He's literally looking at all, like watching what all the people are doing across the way into the next apartment building. That's the whole movie. It's really good. And Psycho has a lot of voyeur stuff. But so Hitchcock liked playing with this voyeur thing. And it is way heavier in this movie than I recalled the voyeuristic theme because first off, like once you've got that scene where Melanie Daniels does like she does the B and E and drops the birds off in the house and then gets in the boat and then like paddles away a little bit from his house and then stops and watches. So you've got this long scene of her just like peeping him as he's like doing his little work around the house. Then he goes in the house, obviously sees the birds and runs out and looks for whoever dropped it off. And there's just a lot of scenes of people watching people. There's a lot of scenes where it's more than what the person in the scene is doing. It's about what the people watching them are thinking or something, you know, it's just yeah. specifically, and this is something I, I never caught before is the phone calls. There's at least five, six scenes where it's somebody calling somebody makes sense, whatever, you know, people call people, but it never does the thing where like somebody rings somebody up and then you get both sides of the conversation. You only ever, it only sticks with the person that you're following that made the call. You hear one side of the conversation and it's them. And it's used for some exposition and stuff like the the chicken feed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But every single scene, and it is like six times, I want to say, every single scene, it's not just somebody on the phone talking to somebody. It's somebody on the phone talking to somebody, and there's at least one to like four people in the background watching them. Yeah. The scene where she calls with the chicken feed, like she's up front talking on the phone, and maybe it's just Hitchcock being smart and knowing like that's boring. Something maybe the deadly bees could learn about. Just watching people talk, exposition is boring. Maybe give us something else to look at. Mm. So what I found myself watching in that scene is in the background is Mitch and Melanie are there. And Mitch is like listening in on the conversation, watching his mother have this conversation. And Melanie Daniels is watching Mitch watch her have this conversation, studying him. And I'm like, I love that. After I noticed that, so like I paid attention to that scene, I noticed every other scene, every other phone scene is like that, where it's, it's always somebody's calling somebody and then somebody else is intently either watching them and listening or listening intently and pretending to not watch them. Like Melanie Daniels calls um, somebody when she's at, I think she calls her dad. I don't know. She calls somebody when she's at Rita, Hay- uh, Rita Hayworth. That's an actress, I think. Annie Hayworth's house and Annie's sitting there clearly like listening, but not trying to look like she's listening to the point where later, I think it's when they're having the big kind of community scene basically yeah. where they're discussing the birds. Somebody ends up on the phone and like the bartender's like six inches away from the person on the phone's face, just staring at him, listening intently. And there's like three other people off to the side looking. And it's like four people just like staring at this person, watch having this phone call. And it's every, dude, it's like six times in the movie. It's every phone call. So I thought that was super interesting. It's definitely not like accidental. That's intentional. So it's just something I never caught this extra weird voyeurism of listening in on people's phone calls that Hitchcock apparently had a thing for at that time. And so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And like with the one scene where there's not really a lot of people looking at him where the storekeeper calls for the boat, but he's watching her the whole time. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like he's like pivoting around to like see where she's at. That's a good point. The one, and that's the first one I want to say, no, that's not the first one. The first one is like in the opening scene where she's in the shop. And the lady's on the phone calling about what, anyway. But you're right. In that case, she's not really paying any attention to him, but he is definitely watching her. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. There's a thing with eyes. The one guy gets his eyes pecked out. But then again, that makes sense. What did you think of that, by the way? I was always surprised by that. I was like, that seems surprisingly kind of gory for yeah. 1963. Yeah, because I was surprised that this one was like, 
you know, that was kind of gory, but like they kind of stayed away mostly from like gory stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought even at the point where the girl gets, the kid gets attacked running away from the schoolhouse and like her glasses break and like, I was like, oh wow, they're actually going to kill a kid in this movie. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It gets tense. Yeah, I was like, whoa, crap, like, this is going to get real. They blow that one dude up in the car. It was pretty decent. I mean, it's obviously the thing where he's standing there, and then they just cut to explosion, right? But don't put your match down. I that guy was, you not, what, you don't smell the gasoline? Yeah, that's it, what my thing, and you don't see it dripping down in front of you? Like, yeah. Let's talk about that, since we're kind of on stylistic decisions, because I do like that scene. <laughs> because, okay, so there's kind of escalating bird attacks that escalate to the schoolhouse scene. And then that leads into the cafe scene and the cafe scene then is when that explosion happens, everything goes haywire. Like the whole town, like there's multiple explosions and it's just insanity. Yeah. And watching it this time for one, I'm like, whoa, this is actually pretty intense for 1960. Yeah. I mean, like, that... there's a lot of crazy stuff happening all of a sudden. But what I was going to say is you mentioned it off mic when the fire ignites, he throws his cigar down, the fire ignites, and then it's the fire's trailing up to the gas station and it does the basically like three still shots almost. Yeah. It cuts to them reacting, but they're like clearly just holding still. You said you laughed at that? Yeah, because it was like right, cut back to the gasoline center, cut back, gasoline, cut back, left. <laughs> like I get what Hitchcock's trying to do there. It's just kind of an interesting thing. And he'll and a lot of his movies, like I said, I've seen I've seen a majority of them. It's clear like he does things that He's experimenting in like a little bit in at least every movie and it doesn't always land. And for me, I appreciate what he was going for. Like it's supposed to be just, I don't know, almost like feel like weird snapshots of like these reactions, but it doesn't land for me either. I find it very goofy. Yeah. The, the, the three cuts to the stills and slightly different and they're not slightly actual stills. Angles. They're just holding still. Instead of like moving their head to follow the gasoline ignition, because that's like another thing I would think in like a, a a younger movie than that would be would just they would show show the the video of the gas moving and then the, them just turning their head, you know. Well, most any movie would do that. Yeah, this was a del- deliberate stylistic decision to try to do it this way, and I just don't feel like it lands. It's weird that like it doesn't land, but it doesn't. It also gets you like almost involved in that scene because mm-hmm. then you're like, why did they do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, most other stuff in this movie. I mean, other than a, a couple of goofy parts and acting and stuff, for the most part, most of it works. I don't feel like this movie suffers as bad from what the bees suffers with. And you mentioned it earlier is where in the killer bees or the deadly bees. We'll talk about it more once we get to that movie. But they, it's literally just like a bunch of like off color, like really dark bees glued to somebody's face while they've got the overlay yeah and this movie does that where there's clearly not real birds on them all the time but it doesn't stand out so bad as like in the deadly bees what did you think of the effects in this movie because like the deadly bees but much better which is amazing because this is much older movie the effects of the birds it's a lot of like especially when things are going crazy they clearly overlaid bird footage on top of the footage that's happening. Most of the time I feel like it's blended fairly well. I mean, it's clearly not, they're not actually there, but I feel like it works a lot better than in the deadly bees. And occasionally it doesn't totally work for me here because like the camera will move and it's like clearly the birds overlay overlaid top yeah, like aren't moving. Can, right. Like they're still just like, they could not fly that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how did that stuff strike you? It was, I did like the effects. Some of the effects in this one, 
until like a couple of times, I think they were like showing like the, the goals fly and it's like, they're like staying in place basically. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the, I always thought it was just weird with the gluing of the, like, cause that's, I looked at trigger for both of them and it's just the gluing of the animals on their face. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you kind of could have just stayed with the. Well, it's the thing of like mixing practical with the effect to try to blend them both together. But, but then again, my, my question is, um, did they, I couldn't really tell totally like when they had their hands inside the door. And you see the birds biting them. I wonder if those were actually birds or those like little puppets. But that's a good I question. I feel like they were real, real birds. But I mean, sometimes there's definitely real birds on them. Like towards the end, Mitch, like a bird pecks at his hand, and it doesn't look like it's breaking skin, but it's an actual bird pecking at his hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't want no bird pinches, but they used that was a yellow screen, basically not quite not green screen, not blue screen. But they used a, a process that's basically like yellow screen, but it was filmed against a screen with this like certain like yellow light. It's a certain process because if they did like the traditional like blue screen or green screen type of situation like they did in the bees, the flapping of the bird's arms, you would see it's like the bees where it's clearly an overlay. Like you can see like kind of the background screen color mm-hmm. around the bees. You see it sometimes still in bad green screen and stuff. But the birds flap their arms so fast that it wouldn't come out right. So they have this interesting process of it's basically like that technology, but slightly different. So you don't see that backdrop screen when they're flapping their wings because of the inevitable motion blur. It's nice to see in old movies how they did effects Mm -hmm. because you actually had to work to get that effect. Now you just, boop, enter enter key, everything shows up for you. But um, (laughs) I mean... I feel like I mean there's a I lot feel like there's visual, visual effects artists if they were listening to this they just they just <laughs> pull up their laptops oh yeah <laughs> but no but I see what, six keyboards come out on our <laughs> okay I'm not gonna say yeah I'm not gonna say it's not a lot of work with visual effects now but I see what you're saying because this process involved using special lights and running two projectors with the film and the overlaid footage at the same time on top of each other and this whole like crazy process. Whereas now you make sure you get the chroma keyed, the green screen footage or the CGI footage or whatever. And compositing and stuff is much easier now. So, I mean, that's yeah. Compositing just in general, it is much easier. I'm not going to say it's just hit a button, <laughs> but it There's is much I easier. Regret saying on the, the show. And- I just have to clarify. So people listening are like, I'm just saying it's a lot. Well, I it mean, is, you can, I, it you can even really easier. say it's much easier, though, because, I mean, that probably takes hours of work. Yes, but it but, is easier. Yeah. It's less. It's not. It's, you, it's more in the box. And I have to do, like, the put stuff in water and hope it looks good on the screen. I'm super impressed anytime I see compositing done that well on an older movie. Not even thinking about what elements you're compositing. Just the fact of compositing is much different. Because when you're working on the computer, you're basically working with the direct data of this video file without any like worrying about degrading because of copying. Whereas in a lot of older movies, they are using different films over top of each other and then refilming the film itself. And like, you know, it's this whole other process. So, yeah. What did you think about the, the random bird specialist that showed up? The lady? Yeah. Oh, I hated her. I hated her. That's where the movie feels oldest to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it feels like Psycho has a scene like this too. And apparently Hitchcock hates that scene. But that's where you get the 
exposition character. And she's played to be the skeptic in this, which makes sense. But she's also like, we need to drop a bunch of bird knowledge somehow. And there's no explanation. I guess maybe she says what she does. Like she happens to be, she is a bird specialist, but it's like, why? Why is there this random old lady bird specialist there who's full of opinions? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't play well for me. It doesn't work. Let me bag up here. The teacher, she's at the, the school talking. It's only she sees, like, I almost felt like I'd be like the, oh crap moment when she turns around and all the birds are on the playground. Uh-huh. Like, I just turn back around and continue my smoke. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But she goes in there and then quietly, she's like, we're quietly going to leave. And then suddenly the birds are like, nope, that ain't going to work. <laughs> and then so close to the end of the movie and he's just walking slowly out of his house through the birds to the car. Uh-huh. And the birds are doing nothing. <laughs> but I know they kind of say that they wait a little bit to attack and they're like, uh, you know. Yeah, they seem like they were in between the, the attack waves. The fire, the fire drill all right, children, be quiet. Just walk down to the end of the street. And then if, you know, if your home's nearby, go home, blah, blah, blah. Just be quiet. As soon as they get outside, it hard cuts to, they're all just running and screaming. Well, no wonder the birds are attacking. There was no quiet to it. It's like the kids got outside and everybody just started, ah! and the birds are on them instantly. So, <laughs> yeah. Kind of the way it sounded was, to me, when she's like, okay, the ones that live close by, just go home. The other ones, you just keep on running. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I also kind of was laughing, too, when they get inside the car during that attack scene, and all those kids are still running down the road, like, pull them away from us, please. What did you think of the bird sounds? And also, there's no score, really. I mean, there is. It's the bird sounds, but there's no music. There's no, like, background music at yeah. all. Wow, I didn't even really realize that. Uh-huh. They were, there was a couple, like, scary moments. Like, there was just the weird sounds they made. It's all, it's all electronic sound. Mm-hmm. It's all, all the bird sounds are electronic sounds, but it was created with this like early synthesizer from origin that Hitchcock originally became aware of in the twenties. Mm-hmm. So old synthesizer, but they brought in this this sound designer guy to come in and make the sounds, and then that was over overseen supervised by Bernard Herman, who is a, a famous film composer that Hitchcock worked with uh, several times. Yeah. But I thought that was super interesting is the electronic sound, the electronic bird sounds and the fact that that's pretty much the score. There's no actual score. I mean, there's some music in the movie that's like in the movie, you know, Mm -hmm. people singing or somebody plays something on a piano, but that like, there's no actual score. And the only time that I noticed it, I mean, I've noticed it and I was, I knew of this, but the only time it really became, I became aware of like, oh, there's no like hit there. There's no stinger is when the mom finds the chicken feed guy with his eyes pecked out. And like that scene's just, just pretty much silent. And when she sees it and it does the like shocking cut close up to his like face and stuff, any other time there'd be a, like a stinger and there's like nothing, no music, barely any sound. Yeah. She just kind of like walks out and just, and she doesn't even like scream right away. She's like (laughs) struggling, man. Mm -hmm. That's where it's super noticeable. But the birds at the jungle, the birds on the playground is a great image, I think. All the crows at the playground, I thought was great. That's what I, when I think of bird, the birds movie, mm-hmm. is I think of the playground. And the final scene where they're leaving and it's just a landscape of birds over everything. Mm-hmm. I kind of think, I think that's pretty cool too. That's obviously like a lot of matte painting. Like there's the set with a whole lot of fake birds with an occasional live bird. So there's some movement still. Occasionally you can definitely tell like. That one's like in mid squawk and it hasn't moved for 30 seconds. I don't think that one's real. <laughs> when he puts his hand on the banister, 
And that one's like, ah, no, it's my banister. <laughs> That's the one that like actually gets his hand and he like pulls his hand away. Yeah. He looks, he's probably acting, but for a moment he looks kind of angry. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, yeah, my banister. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that they didn't do it earlier in the movie. Put the woman, the woman, you know, there's multiple women in this movie. It's, it's mostly women that we're following, but Melanie Daniels, Tippi Hedren, they didn't put her in shock through most of the movie. Like a lot of older movies would, but they did towards the end, put her in shock. But I feel like it's during the last scene and it works because I like that moment where they're, she's like kind of out of it. Also, just don't go by yourself into an upstairs. Don't do that. Dude, I had so many problems with that scene don't do that, that I actually yelled at the TV. Really? I was like, just turn around and open the door fully. She's getting like, attacked. She's freaking yeah, out. She's, she's freaking out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little weak. It's a little weak. I was like, come on, dude. Just turn around and grab the door. And then she's just like... I was kind of laughing at that scene because he just starts hitting her with the door. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, just hit her a couple times. Are you alive? Boom. Are you alive? Boom. Like, No, I agree. And I think you could have still accomplished. She needed to get hit in the head real hard by Big Bird right off. And then that whole her blocking the door from herself would have played a little better. But she does instantly like faint and like, oh, oh, you know. So, But I did like where they're leaving. And she's not quite with it yet. They open the door and start walking towards, and she's like, "No!" And she starts saying it out loud, "No, no." <laughs> I like that bit. That was funny. I'm like, "Great, now you're gonna get them all riled up." Like, no, no. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, like watching that, and I was like, "What's what's she doing? What's wrong with her?" <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I get it. I get. And it. then they have that like s- soft moment between the mom and her, where she's like. Yeah, yeah. Looking up at her, and then she's like, oh, I like you now. Like, <laughs> she did gain a daughter. Spoilers. I'm still super upset, and I had forgotten. I can't believe, I don't know how I forgot. I've seen this movie how many times throughout my whole life, but they kill they kill Annie Hayworth. I was like, you can't kill Annie? Just don't leave her there. That's a good woman. <laughs> she's sensible. Also, she's I, loyal. <laughs> I was going to say, there is a quite an age difference between Brenner, mm-hmm. Mitch, and his sister. It wasn't that supposed to be his sister. Oh, yeah, his little sister? Yeah. Quite an age difference. That's like... His his mom waited a long time between those two. Right. His parents. Yeah, where's his dad, too? Oh, he, he, he's he's dead. There's a whole... Do they, th- do they say he died or... Yeah. There's a whole thing. Like, there's a whole scene where his, his mom kind of opens up to Melanie Daniels after the chicken feed guy scene. Oh, yeah, where they're in the bedroom talking to yeah. him. She doesn't want to be abandoned. I was more into the the conversation where she said that she doesn't know if she likes her yet. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. I don't know if I like you yet. I, yeah, I know. I, mm. I know. I know. Because the mama don't like him. I don't get the mom character. There's people like that, but I just don't. I don't get it. I, I, I can understand not liking, like, if your your child, like, brings somebody home and you're like, oh. But, like, she just doesn't like this person because they're interested in magic. That's where I almost thought she was evil, Melanie, because then she's like, well, what happens if you don't like me? I'll kill you, Mom. <laughs> like, Let me bring out my beekeeper. Wait, no, that's something else. Different movie. Different movie. Star ratings for the birds. Yeah, the first right. Alfred Hitchcock movie we covered. There that's will be more because I love me some Hitchcock. I love me the Hitchcock. <laughs> What's wrong, Jasper? Why are you acting like that? Why are you <laughs> reacting that way? Because I can I'm American have rights. Did I say something funny? Yeah, you said Hitchcock. I was in some forum once, a long time ago, commenting on some post or writing something about Hitchcock, and it kept censoring Hitchcock. And I'm like, that's 
his name. He's only one of the most famous directors of all time. Right. Tell your algorithm context matters. Hitch, nope. Hitch, nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was upset. And just seeing what it wanted to see. The same juvenile crap that you were just laughing at. What do you think? I said something what? funny? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Star rating. I'm going with me first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that look you're giving me. I know, I'm not going to give you a hard time. I know what you're going to write. That's the only problem with the letterboxed is like in rating before because then we both know what we rated something <laughs> before going into it. And I don't like that. I like to be surprised. <laughs> so so don't post it until you watch it? No, you or, can. I don't care. Um, no, I gave it a three. Uh-huh. I thought it was pretty good. I like being in mystery a little bit on other movies. Sometimes I don't like that. But this one, I, I thought it did it well. Mm-hmm. I bet you if I didn't see it for what it, like what the you know piece it was, it'd be higher. But I I enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. a lot more than the other one. <laughs> yeah, I give this a five stars because I think it's great. Uh, it's not my favorite Hitchcock, and I think there are problematic parts. It's two hours long, which is pretty long for an older. I know that seems standard now, but it seems pretty long for an older movie. Not to say that there weren't super long epics back in the day, but. The slow parts are entertaining to me, but I do feel like there's probably just a little bit too much of it. By the time the threat starts picking up, it's kind of like do one or the other or mix them together better. Right. I probably wouldn't like the movie more as much if none of the bird stuff happened. But, you know, I was enjoying this weird little romance thing going on. But it feels like by the time the bird stuff starts kicking up, it's like I'm almost ready for this movie to end. But then it, it, then it juices me up a little bit more. And like and I, the bird stuff is pretty cool. I could do without the cafe scene or cut that down. I wouldn't say do without, but yeah, cut it down. Cut it down. It, we don't need it. We don't need the exposition bird lady, the bird specialist. So my point is, it's a little long. But that said, I'm still giving it five stars because I think it's still effective at ratcheting up tension for a for an older movie. For a 1963 movie, it's tense. Uh, it looks great. The effects are surprisingly Hold up. I mean, you know, it's dated, but for the most part, it works pretty well. It works a lot better than the Deadly Bees. <laughs> right. Yeah. So five stars from me. Nice. It's a classic. It's a classic. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's a classic. If you had gone below three stars, I would have been a little upset. I would have been. It's, it, that's your opinion. That's fine. But uh, there's people don't, and I get it. There's people that don't like it. You could never say it's a bad movie, though. Well, you know, because you don't like older movies and non-Marvel movies. You mean the majority of the <laughs> 120, 30-year time frame that movies have been a thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm just poking fun. Yeah, But, no, I, th- I thought it was enjoyable. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. Like I said. I'm, I was a little worried. I, just, I had to give you a hard time about three stars, but I was a little worried about what you're going to rate. You never know. Could change. That's fine. It changed later when we're not Can friends anymore. Can you give anymore. negative stars, though, on... Letterboxed? No. Because I almost feel, I wanted to go back and rate the ants. I was like, I'm going to go give it negative stars. You can't do negative. Uh Uh-uh. We learned all about the birds. Can I take a half a second? What's up? What is the birds and the bees talk? I mean, I know what it is. The sex talk. But but I don't know how Why is it the birds and the bees? I should have looked this up before we did this episode. I don't understand. Uh, Clearly, I have not gotten that specific talk of the birds and the bees. What, do the birds have sex with the bees? That doesn't even make sense. That's confusing. The birds and the bees is an English language idiomatic expression and euphemism. 
That refers to courtship and sexual intercourse. The birds and the bees talk, sometimes known simply as the talk, is generally the event in most children's lives in which the parents explain what sexual relationships are. According to tradition, the birds and the bees is a metaphorical story, sometimes told to children in an attempt to explain the mechanics and good consequences of sexual intercourse through reference to easily observed natural events. For instance, bees carrying deposit pollen into flowers, a visible and easy to explain parallel to male fertilization. Another example is birds lay eggs, and similarly visible and easy to explain parallel to the female ovulation. You're going to confuse, you're going to confuse children. <laughs> I don't really actually see how that. I feel like everyone knows the expression, the birds and the bees talk. But the birds don't, and the bees. no one knows what But don't know is. what the actual story is. Yeah. All right. We've talked about the birds. Now it's time to talk about the bees. The deadly bees. From 1966. The overview on this beautiful movie. Is trouble strikes when an exhausted pop singer sent on a vacation to a farm realizes that the farm's owner grows deadly bees. The screenplay is by Robert Block, and director is Freddie Francis. Stars Susanna Lay as Vicky, Frank Finlay as H.W. Manfred, Guy Dolman as Ralph Hargrove, and John Harvey as Thompson, and Michael Ripper as David Hawkins. Now, I know the director of this is actually an unknown like horror director. Mm-hmm. And he's done some uh several other kind of notable In movies. Britain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd never seen this before. I don't recall hearing about this before. Mm-hmm. And in my head I keep referring to it as the Killer Bees because Wu-Tang. <laughs> Wu-Tang Killer Bees. Yeah, exactly. You'd mentioned this, you threw these the birds in this movie at me. Mm-hmm. So in finding in searching up this movie I try to go into movies as cold, as blind as I can. Mm-hmm. But I did see some stuff. Basically, it said like it's kind of a birds type ripoff. Like it's attempted to be the birds, but didn't succeed. And I agree. It kind of attempted to be something like the birds, and it does not succeed. And I gave this a fair shot. Uh, if you could tell the tone of where this this is about to turn, yeah. <laughs> um, it really like it starts off okay. I'm not fond of this lead actress. Not fond of her face. Mm-hmm. I thought the the idea of this this pop singer who like passes out while lip syncing. I mean, they could have. I think they that could have been done much better. Like they could have handled that better. But I like that idea. It's like okay, well, this could be an interesting character. This obviously burnout pop singer. Before we are actually introduced to this pop singer, we get this super sixties. A little jam out, a little bit of a musical number by this band. Out of nowhere. Out of literally out of just boom. Suddenly you're this is happening. You're like, oh, this is this is a music video now. And it's so sixties in a bad way. The birds still looked fifties. I mean it was early sixties, so it still looked fifty-ish to me. This is like sixty, what, sixty seven? Sixty six. Sixty six. So it's we're in the height of it. We're in the middle of the sixties. Those fashions. Horrible. I hate the hairstyles. I just don't like the look of it. <laughs> I almost thought they were trying to like ride the Beatles, but were the Beatles around in the sixties? Yeah, I mean sixties, especially in Britain, yeah, pop, pop rock type music was you know it was big at that time. Then we cut over to this older couple, this guy who was apparently a doctor or something, or a psychiatrist, psychiatrist or something, or knows a psychiatrist. I'm mm. not real clear on what he does. They have a farm, quote unquote. Although I never really see proof of a farm, other than they have a stable with a horse, like a one little building with a horse in it. Right. And he's otherwise seems to be a full-time beekeeper. 
and he doesn't do any psychiatrist stuff for this pop singer. He just like, yeah, she can come stay at my house for a, a week or whatever. Right. To like unwind. It's quiet out here on this, this little island we're on. But I don't know what he does. I don't really know what the point. And she gets there and I'm like, I mean, I, I found that the, the marriage, the relationship between the man and, and that man and his wife here, mm-hmm. I find that kind, kind of interesting just because it's so sour. And it's like, what is this lady's problem? Like she is, ooh, she is sour. She's sour. Like the, she won't answer the phone. Like he has to come from outside where he's doing weird torture things to this horse. He has to come from outside to go answer the phone because it's just ringing and ringing. And she's just sitting there next to it, feeding the dog and smoking cigarettes, right? And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But then, so their relationship is real sour. And I'm like, why would you agree to let this lady come stay at your house to unwind? That house, like that, that is a bad atmosphere to be in. It is tense. Even before this bee business starts happening, this couple, like this lady does not mask the fact that she is just angry and depressed, This the, the wife. Angry and depressed all the time. And she's not friendly to the lady. She's not friendly to the husband. The husband's not friendly to the wife. Why would you have her come stay there? This lady's come stay in your house if that's the atmosphere you've got going. Right. How is that going to help her? You think it'd just stress her out more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to really get into it like that far yet. So I was kind of interested. And this is not a long movie, mind you. This is maybe an hour 20. Yeah, hour 23 minutes, if I remember right. Hour 23? So... I don't know how long it was before I really started to get bored of this movie, but it was pretty quick. This movie is boring, dude. This movie is just straight boring because it something like The Birds and what elevates movies like that is where it shows you things in an interesting way. The mm. camera's doing interesting stuff. The scene is not... There's so many scenes where it's not about the characters talking. It's not about what really the characters are saying. It's about watching the people watching the characters. You know, like I was saying about the voyeuristic thing. All that stuff makes for an interesting movie. This movie is just a series of somebody in a room talking to somebody else, exposition, exposition, cut to a different room. That person and another person, exposition, exposition, cut to another room, exposition, exposition, almost the whole movie. And I, I hate that. Like it's so, it's, it's, it's a low, low budget old school movie and there's no flair to it. It's not a bad looking movie. I think the shots are composed well. It looks decent, but it's so bland. It's so bland and boring. That's why I think there was too much information in this movie. Oh yeah, like I said with the with the birds, there was the mystery that kind of kept me going. But like this one was just like boom, 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 like talk, 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 talk. You know, it was all yeah. It was tell, don't show. Where most yeah. movies should be show, don't tell. It was just it. That's how it is. It's you know, and people, some people might be into that kind of kind of thing. And you know, I'm not saying I don't I don't like a movie with good conversation in it, but this was not a good conversation. Right and. The big quote-unquote twist, there's no twist. You know who the bad guy is when they introduce it. They try so hard to make the other guy seem like the bad guy that even if I'm like, oh, well, maybe it is that guy. But then when they do the twist and it's the other guy, spoilers, I was like, who cares? I also like how that, that one guy has a, a beehive in his wall. Yeah. Just look at my bees. Like I just wanted him to open it and just all of them attack him. <laughs> this movie's forcing this bee thing on you. She stays with this guy. Like, you're going to this movie. It's the Deadly Bees. They even start... There's this scene with these inspectors that have nothing to do with anything. It kind of sets up a gag, which I appreciate. But this one inspector guy's like, this guy's sending us email about making... He can make Deadly Bees and he's going to kill somebody. And the other guy's like, whatever. What's the crossword puzzle? You know? So they set it up right away what it is. 
and then she gets there and it's like, well, have this honey. He does bees. And then she goes for a walk and somehow ends up in this other guy's house. I don't know why she's in his house, but she ends up in this other guy's house and he has bees in his wall. Look at this. It's like, oh, really? Is that, we're going to meet two people in this town and they just both happen to be all about the bees? All about those bees, about those bees. That's, that's, that's the character the development we're doing. And that, another thing about character development, like, so we have this burnout pop star, singer. That's all there is to her character. Mm-hmm. She's a burnout she have any really singer. Like... That's there's nothing else. She doesn't talk about why she's burnout or about her schedule or or her backstory or nothing. There's nothing about it. The married couple, we don't find out. Like they have some arguments about something about like there's some business about she his the wife owns the farm, but he doesn't like work the farm anymore and blah blah blah. But that just sets up that he has motive to kill his wife because yeah. then he would get the farm. But it's like what farm? And who cares? Nobody seems interested in working a farm. This has nothing to do with their characters. Right. Like, there's no character work on anybody. They're all just flat. What did you think of this movie? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, now that we're on the train. <laughs> I loved it. I, none of it really sat with me. Like, nothing really connected other than, like I said, they just basically laid out the movie for you. Like, they mislead you. They do, you mm. know, but I'm sorry. This I'm just like, it's, it, you know, no, it's like, you know, the evil guy when he has a beehive in his wall, but right. <laughs> like hmm. you're keeping them secret here, which is, yeah. Which is the evil beekeeper? The one with the hives out in the yeah. backyard for everyone to see, or the guy hidden with, with a beehive hidden in his wall behind glass. Really dude? Like you ain't evil. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll not buy that. <laughs> that's, that's villain. Set up right. Yeah, there. they don't really set up her story, and they just—it's just none of it glued together. The only thing I did like—I found out through trivia—the bee swarming uh, scenes were coffee grounds and water. They just took a overlaid them spinning around coffee grounds and water. Really, for the for the composited the, overlay? Yeah, the mm-hmm, for the bee the bee swarming effect. Oh, that actually didn't look terrible. I thought that was actual bee. Yeah, that's footage. what I thought. But I mean. The compositing wasn't great. You could see, and this is what I was trying to get at with when I was talking about the the compositing and the birds. You could see kind of the color they used as the chroma key background around, like they're a little fuzzy around what apparently were coffee grounds, but I thought it was bees. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't super clean compositing. And another issue is it was clearly glued, not even good looking bees. Like Those weren't even bees, those were flies. Yeah, they're big too. Like these glued things all over their face that they're like, oh, oh. And then you've got this real thin. And the problem is with the overlay, other than that it wasn't super clean, is like it looked like a thin layer. Like it was clearly just one layer. There was no depth to it. So it didn't look like, at least in some of the shots with the birds, there was depth to where the birds are at in that overlay. So it looked like some of them could be behind or back in the ways. But no, this was just a flat layer in front of the moving camera. Mm-hmm. But there were close-ups of during the when the wife gets attacked, where close-ups of some ra- stock footage of a bee actually stinging and ripping its stinger out in yeah. its arm in their arm. I was yeah. like, "Ew, don't know. Come on, man." Yeah, I couldn't get over the fact that the bees had like grown ten times their size when they're glued to their face. Like it was like, yeah. boom. <laughs> but the close-ups are normal bees, and then the overlays are look like little bees. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get you just get to the <laughs> the like big on glued on fly. It wasn't even the color of bee, really, I don't think. Also, anytime there was a bee attack, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was the same clip 
but they used it seemed like the exact same little footage clip that they just use over and over of some some guy with beekeeper gloves on grabbing out a what did you call that honeycomb mm-hmm. board slide a honeycomb thing and shaking it out in the air and it was the same footage sometimes it looked like it was color graded a little differently so it looked like it was dark like night or something same exact footage just used over and over. Yeah, just, like every time there was an attack, it was that same. Yeah. Two shakes. Yep. <laughs> I was like, go my little beast. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Yeah. And when we do get the twist, I don't buy that. The one guy's the bad guy. And the other guy would just happen to be trying to figure out how the bad guy was doing what he was doing. So he could do it. Why was he trying to figure it out? So was the good guy, just the good guy, not good guy, the quote unquote good guy mm-hmm. who, by the way, if he didn't murder his wife, he has the most guilty, like, rea- he has no reaction to it, his wife being murdered. Your wife was murdered? Yeah, she was. <laughs> like, get a, well, we'd get an autopsy or get whoever, a coroner. Is that necessary? Why would you, what? What do you plan? You just plan on burying her in the backyard next to the dog? Like, what? Yeah, dude, what? And that was, was that like a court scene? Because that popped up out of nowhere, too. There wasn't no court. Yeah, this is a little, this is, that's island justice right there. <laughs> yeah, come over to the uh, I don't know the constable's house, and we'll sit in his living room and have a little hearing. And oh no, everything's fine. We've heard you guys, and uh, I weird. Maybe that's how it's done. One of you two B people in the British Islands killed someone. <laughs> yeah, he he had like no reaction. He reacted not at all to his wife because the movie wanted you to think he killed her. But my point is. It's the only reason he was not the bad guy is because he hadn't figured out how to make killer bees yet because he seemed like he was torturing that horse to get fear toxin or something. Mm. Or he he was doing something terrible to that horse. That was weird. He ain't no good guy. The horse had punctures. Fear toxin. It's all very strange. Was was the origin story of the scarecrow? <laughs> well, that was boring if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. I never want to know about that character anymore now. That's the main thing with this movie for me is also, the one scene where they got her in her bra. Yeah. You notice? And then she's like whipping at the bees. Super gratuitous shot. It's like her face almost isn't even framed. It's like right. It's like low camera right in front of her. And they're like whip down at the the bees are coming under yeah, the door. Which You're is, in your bra. Whip at, the, whip at the camera. And it's like her face isn't even framed. It's just like boobs. <laughs> yeah. So my thing too with that was they did that same thing with ants where they have like the boob shot as the uh-huh. front cover. Of course. But it's like half a shot is just that, uh, 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 and done. That's like, like dude. Ants was when she died. Like, back back then, that's all you needed, man. <laughs> that's right. They didn't have the internet. There's no internet back then. Yeah. But yeah, like Suzanne Summers was just like, oh, ants dead, and then oh wait, I'm like half naked. Like you know, my thing is, you put it on the front cover of the movie, it makes it like that's gonna be a big part in the movie, and it's not. No, but it's there, so it's not false advertising, right? Well, and Ants was a TV movie, no less, so they could only do so much. That's pretty titillating for TV. I don't know what else to say about it. It's not horribly made, like I said. The shots look fine. The sets look okay. I'm not keen on look of the time period, but that you know what? That's the time period. They didn't help that. They're just being modern. In the beginning, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's just bland. It's it's. There's clearly four sets three or four sets there's the bad guy's house the good guy's house with the stable and like the bar and we just bounce between people talking in those sets over and over but when we when it comes to star ratings because you mentioned ants i don't feel like this is as bad of a movie as ants i feel like ants is a much worse movie but i will rate this lower than ants 
because Ants was lame, but it was entertaining to me in a way. It wasn't so bad it's good, hilarious, but it was so bad it's amusing. And this was just boring. And that seems, in this case, seems worse to me. It was boring and it got to the point where I was actually starting to get mad. Like Ants, I didn't get mad. But if I'm watching a movie where it's just so like bland or pointless or even like just characters doing stupid stuff to where I start to get angry, I'm like, no, this is not, this is going below Ants for me. It was towards the end when we're starting to get the reveal, the big reveal that like, oh, the one guy didn't actually kill anybody. It was this guy, which is like we had already figured out and they're doing flashbacks and they flash back to a scene we just watched like three, three to five minutes ago. Don't give me a flashback to these scenes from the movie. We just watched the movie. That was that was all within 40 minutes ago. Like we just seen all of this. Right. I don't need to. I didn't enjoy it the first time. to another previous story, not like, not previous scene story. Or give me something substantial enough to like justify flashing back to that. There was only one scene, which is the scene that it flashed back to that we literally watched like just before this scene happening with the flashback where they did add a little bit. It was him talking to the one guy and it's like, okay, we, that's when I started getting mad. I was like, we've seen that. We just watched, that was the last scene. Why are you flashing back to the last scene? Oh, then he snuck into the house and sprayed some crap on the dude's coat. Okay, fine. You're giving me a little something, but still. Like, I was getting, I was actively, I was angry. I was like, I'm mad. What if it was like a flashback to like right as he started thinking about the flashback and it's just a continuous loop? Oh, <laughs> like, God. I actually might have been able to get on board with that and be like, you know what? This suddenly got really weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this, is this going somewhere? No. So, what, so what did you, what did you rate? Oh, we're going to go with the rating. Mm hmm. Wait, I do want to say the one thing I enjoyed. Okay. I didn't really enjoy it. But the one thing that kind of amused me, I mentioned the inspectors at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that set up that there's some guy who can kill people with bees. Yeah. But they didn't really care. And they pop up like once or twice in the middle of the movie as a total non sequitur aside that has nothing to do with anything. They're not even on the same island. And then when the one guy finally is like, I need to go investigate this, the movie's over. The bad guy's dead. The lady is leaving the island. And that's when that inspector guy's walking up at the end. It's like, that's kind of funny. The movie, it's done. In the end, the, the law enforcement, the proper law enforcement, the inspector who should, they knew about this before the events even happened, finally showed up to take care of it. And like, it's over. And the credits roll as he's like walking up. I was like, that's kind of, I kind of like that. It's clever, but it's not enough to save this movie. You want my rating? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you gave ants. I don't remember. I gave ants one and a half. I think Ooh. you gave ants one. No zero. Oh, you gave ants I zero. Gave nothing. I think I gave ants one and a half. And Jesse, Jesse was on, uh, from Garlic's podcast was on that episode. He gave it two. So I believe this might be my lowest. If not, it ties for one of the movies we covered on the first episode. One star. I am going to give it one, not zero, not half. I'll give it one full star, but only one. This is a bad movie. It made me mad. You shouldn't make me mad. Don't make me mad. While I, you wouldn't like me when I'm watching your movie, mad. No, no. You don't it, like me when I'm angry watching your film. Yeah, I mean, just and it wasn't like I was. It made me tense or anything like that. It just made me like I was so bored. And then when stuff like seemed like it was finally wrapping up, it was so dumb and like pointless. It just seemed so pointless. I'm like, and that's when I started to get mad. I was like, no. 
So I'm done. <laughs> but I will give it a star because it looks okay. It looks pretty decent. The direction, I know this is a guy that, you know, has done other horror movies that people like. I don't know that I've seen most of his movies, like hardly any of his movies, but the direction was okay, but nah, it was kind of bland. I think the cinematographer knew what they were doing. It was not inspired. It was just kind of a clone of a flying thing that can attack people, like the birds, but with this convoluted murder mystery twist that I just didn't care about. I didn't buy into it. Right. I'm still not convinced the one guy didn't murder his wife. He might as well have. They didn't like he each probably other did. at all. He probably did. And then probably framed did. the bad guy who thought he who was going to murder them anyway. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so I'm sorry. One star. What about you, Jasper? It's the same. I do one star. You did one? Yeah. Um, I thought you did something different. No, I think I did a half star and I think it fixed it. Oh, you changed one. it to? Yeah, I went to one when I it saved it like it didn't save on Letterboxd. Or Did you watch my Let me video? make sure I say letterbox, not litterbox. Litterbox? Letterboxed? But I gave it a one because for some reason it was better than ants for me. Really? But I think it was most, mostly because I was just very intrigued by the beehive in the wall. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know why, but I was like, that's kind of cool. Like It was that, you know, that was an all right, like, set, set piece, I guess. But as a person that likes a lot of story in a movie, this was, like, too much. Like, there's too much talking, like. It was just not my not my thing. Talking about ratings for me with this movie, I did look up like the Rotten Tomatoes thing, and then you know, of course, that's from our technology age. But I wonder how this movie was received when it came out. Like, I bet you The Birds was well received, but I just kind of think like these movies that we give one stars to, how were they received when we when, when they came out? The Birds was actually was kind of a mixed reception. Um, actually a lot of movies that kind of go on to not all, some of them come out and are like huge blockbusters and big cultural things to begin with. But a lot of, especially genre movies, like horror movies and stuff like that, when they first come out, if they're like lasting cult classics, like a lot of times those actually usually don't do that great in theaters as expected. Wikipedia doesn't have a whole lot. Wikipedia is pretty good. If you go to like most movies, if you go to a critical reception, it'll say with how the critics received it when it first came out. Although this doesn't seem quite that. All it has is all movie. So it, they're mixing in some more modern critics critics, critics of it. All movie gave the film a negative review writing, there's little in bees worth watching. And then referencing the birds, the New York Times regretted, quote, Mr. Hitchcock would never have sanctioned a sloppy, raucously framed little thriller like this. Well, yeah, no, he wouldn't have. Or else he didn't. Why would he have? He made the birds. He's not interested in this. But I'm pretty sure you wouldn't put anything if it doesn't have his name on it like the birds does. I believe I believe Mystery Science Three Theater Three Thousand has done this movie. It's not totally surprising to me. Seems like Oh yeah, 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 no, because when I looked it up, I tried to see if it was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it was MSTK, the Deadly the Deadly Bees. Oh really? Yeah. Uh we did watch this again for free online. Um it can be found. Maybe I shouldn't direct people to pirated copies of movies, but I found this on, because I am buying this thing. I'm glad I didn't. I found this on Daily Motion. Yep. Daily Motion is the link you sent me. Yeah. The birds I had. I've had, I've had multiple copies of the birds. The birds. All right, Jasper. Because the movie studios didn't learn their lesson last time when they tried to mix wasps and bees into a franchise. They feel like they were close. Just not quite right. What if they brought back an old classic? 
Like the birds. It's a flying creature. But what else do they have? Let's just pull this out of the bottom of the wastebasket. Oh, the deadly bees. The birds in the bees universe. How can the birds, a cinematic masterpiece, be combined with the deadly bees? Not so much a masterpiece. <laughs> into one cinematic it's a trash universe. Piece. Yeah, Traster piece. Trash <laughs> piece. Trash piece. Welcome to Trash piece theater. <laughs> Welcome to Cinematic Trasterpiece Universe. Are you you ready? Yeah. You want to go? I got this. Okay, sweet. This is my universe here. This is my universe. Okay. I think that she goes back to San Francisco. The uh, Stormy Daniels. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Melanie Daniels. Melanie Daniels. Tippy Hedren. Yep. Yeah. Goes back to San Francisco. And then she goes, she goes to an island. Okay. And that island. It's full of bees. God damn it. So <laughs> you're gonna take oh uh, no, keep going, keep going. Hold on. Keep going. I like it. But what the problem is is that she has found out how to get her birds friends out of Bodega Bay, and she's going to use the birds to fight the bees. You just one hundred percent took my whole angle. <laughs> <laughs> so then the birds it's just all out two hour warfare between birds and bees. A two hour warfare between birds and mm-hmm. bees. And then just to wrap it all up, there's a love love interest. Don't know who yet. Okay. But there's a love interest, and at the end of the movie, they give you an educational five-minute speech on the birds and the bees. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay. After a two-hour long. I didn't have that. After a two-hour long fight between birds and bees. So it's going to be an overlay of birds and an overlay of bees just swarming the screen? Mm. Yeah. With occasionally like fake birds with fake bees. And then they're going to talk about the arguments of marriage. That's the birds of the bees. <laughs> okay. So, now all right. <laughs> all right. So, I'm just going to join mine in. We're going to have a marriage of ideas here. Uh, <laughs> my bee is going to pollinate your flower idea. I instantly want a divorce from this idea. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I started it. Uh, so, I'm just going to go ahead and join into your cinematic universe because that was 100% my angle. <laughs> I'll just expand that Tippi Hedren, Melanie Daniels, as we've seen her at the end of The Birds, she's still in shock when they get to San Francisco. So she goes to some island near Britain, near the UK, near your, just some European island to relax. And you're right. There it is. Like, and then it was going to be, God, it was exactly the same idea. And then the movie was just going to be the birds versus the bees. <laughs> yeah. Because the birds will, of course, follow to this island. The, the only way that this would work for me that would either make me really laugh or be really into this movie is that she has to be coming at the island in the little boat that she took over <laughs> across the bay. And then she's the going to go across the ocean yeah. in this boat. <laughs> Like she's even on the other side of the U.S., let alone. And the birds are flying information above her to the to the to music of Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so she's over there. She's going over there by herself. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hash this out. Does she control the birds? Has she figured out that she controls the birds? Does she make the birds fight the bees? Is it, or do they just follow her and she just like constantly I think she dealing. controls them to a point? Okay, so I like here's here's what I like then. It becomes a battle of between the birds and the bees because she's controlling the birds to fight the bees because the guy who didn't wasn't the bad guy in the deadly bees. Well, he was still trying to figure out how to 
do that, how to train these bees to do that. And he figured it out. So he's controlling the bees, you know, by a series of double shake, <laughs> double shake, double shakes of the little double tap. Yeah. Double tap of the little uh, beehive. And yeah. So birds versus bees. I like it. Two hour showdown uh, with five, five minute bird and bee talk. And at I the think end. the bees just to like, because bees would easily get eaten by birds. Their sting produces zombies, okay? And so the mom now, the mom now control, or the wife, the wife, excuse me, not the mom. The wife? The wife now controls the bees. What wife? The guy's wife. She died in the, in the first movie. That's what I'm saying. Zombie sings. Oh, them. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Bringing her back here. <laughs> they didn't know. People hadn't been dead that long from it, right? But that's mm-hmm. what happens is they get stung to death, but then they come back. That's mm-hmm. his real. That's the real secret of the deadly bees. Yeah. I like that. So you've got a zombie lady and a and a zombie dog, maybe a zombie horse running around. Well, that's how she knows where the bees at because when she docks the boat, the zombie horse comes trotting by. I like it. I think this is good. Okay. And then they have to every time the birds fly out of formation, they have to do like that's where the like weird car sounds come in. That's when the birds suddenly sound like jet planes. They do the as they pull away from the formation. I'm going to lobby for, we could have music in this one. Oh man, we're going to ruin this. The musical score will be 60s Britpop. Like the actual score itself is the 60s Britpop, but there will still be electronic animal sounds. Now we're going to get electronic B sounds, which you would think would be easy to do, but somehow they're going to mess it up and it's going to sound ridiculous. It's going to sound like cars, like, and that'll be the B sound. With little planes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Your jet sounds, that's going with bees too. But so electronic, so electronic the sound that it sounds just like uh drive. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Dude, the bees started. Uh, oh God, the, the bees! Dur, 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 the dur, deadly dur, bees started, and the music right away is that like string, string thing, and I'm like, oh, it's like the ants' music that Jasper hated. <laughs> God, I can't believe that was totally my. I mean, I guess that's the obvious place to go with it, but that was totally my idea. Like you nailed it to a T. Is like she is going over there to relax, and then we get birds versus bees. <laughs> I think that was seventies, but I pictured the Clash doing the the, uh, the sound. Oh yeah, the score. Was- Okay. <laughs> I feel like the birds, since they a lot of them eat insects, probably have a leg up on the bees. Right? Yeah. Plus they can fly higher. They just fly in formation, open their beaks, and just... Yeah, just swallow them. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm overthinking this idea now. Keep going it. Keep going because we only have would, the one with the seagulls. Would the seagulls, would they protect Would they protect the sea and then the crows go inland? I'm trying to think of war formations here. <laughs> I guess if you yeah, have the birds... If you want the birds to like get more intelligent. So do they not? There's like the whole little radar system. There's like it says crows division and the seagulls. So what about Mitch and the Brennan family? The Brennan family. They they just stayed back because they're not he as was traumatized. Killed, he was killed by a bee sting. That's what started this whole war. <laughs> Wait, in the U.S. or did he? Yeah, they sent, he sent one bee, double tapped it. <laughs> no, you got to do a, a, a triple tap to get that extra distance. <laughs> Do a triple shake to make sure the bee can make it across well, the ocean. He was busy getting gas while smoking a cigar and, <laughs> and then exploded. Yeah, exploded. 
that would make more sense than the guy who. Which going back into that, I think I don't think that was gasoline in that shot. I think that was water. That was totally water. Yeah. Yeah, because it didn't even have the. It wasn't gas. Was a consistency of gas? No, it was water. I like he's like, huh? But it was the match burnt his fingers, what caused him to drop it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It got it led to pandemonium, which was pretty awesome. So Oh. That's a good (sighs) cinematic universe. As soon as you started, I was like, oh, oh no, he's gonna Oh, he's taking it. Oh god. (laughs) Our international bee flight to kill one man. Birds versus the bees. Birds versus bees. Winged justice. Winged justice. Birds and bees. Birds of a feather do flock together. <laughs> I was trying to think of something with birds of the feather, too. Yeah. Birds of a feather die together. <laughs> yeah. And buzz together. All right. Wow. I like that. I like that cinematic universe. I, <laughs> I thought it went well. Yeah. I thought it went well. We're not going to update the effects either. It's going to be overlaid birds and bees footage. So it's going to be birds and coffee grounds. Birds and coffee grounds. The camera's just going to constantly be shaking, but like the overlay's not going to move appropriately, so it'll be clearly just. Is <laughs> if, if <laughs> you have to either? There's two ways to do this. If a bird gets attacked by so many bees, it goes down. They either have to tape <laughs> or glue <laughs> the bees to him, or just cover him in coffee grounds. <laughs> I like a little bit of both. <laughs> it'll be both for different shots. I just thought of something else. What? You know what really sets off Melanie Daniels' character when she gets there? What? She finds her mother. Because <laughs> her mother left when they were young, when she was young. She's there on the island. Maybe she was the one guy's first wife who got or killed by bees. Wife. Or the second wife? The one now, the zombie queen of the bees. Oh, well, that's the one wife, right? Yeah. She yeah. has to have a honeycomb dress, though. <laughs> like, okay. Like, well, she's the queen bee. <laughs> she has a big, like, queen bee thing on the Man, these movies. Why is it. Anytime we do a double feature themed around the title, mm-hmm. it's why is it like flying things and insects? Because we did wasp, woman, and ants, mm-hmm. and now birds and the deadly bees. Thank God the birds was in there. And for me, that lifted it up because, like, I watched, I, I knew what the birds was before, but I watched the Deadly Bees first for this, re, you know, before I rewatched the birds. Like you, I watched it beforehand. And I was like, oh, another one of those episodes. <laughs> Why do we do this? Why is it this? Like, when we go to do just titles, I always feel, though, I always feel, though, with these type of, like, weird, not crappy, I'm not going to say both these movies are crappy, but with these, like, low end movies, it's that, I I don't want to say that. Well, why did you? You did say it. No, I did not. That's what I just said. I just prefaced myself. It's a timeless classic. But I always feel the cinematic universe out of those is like the better. Dude, honestly, I think sometimes when you're talking about like, we'll talk about movies we really like and I enjoy the conversations. But I think talking about movies that suck real bad Mm -hmm. is so much more fun sometimes. Right. It really is. Dude. Like, we have to make the movie better. Yeah. Even if it means dragging down a classic, a cinema classic. Yeah, I did feel bad about pairing that with a... I was glad, though. Dude, okay, so... Maybe I should have watched The Birds first. Maybe maybe that I was feeling something after The Bees. That could be. I would think it would make The Birds better. Because then you'd be like... That could be... That you could have be context of, well, this is basically kind of a similar idea, but done 
poorly and then I'm going to watch the birds and be like, oh, well, this can be done. Right. Or not. I don't know. Or, you know, not everybody's into the birds. It's fine. So you sent me the message. I like that you paired it with the birds, that you paired the deadly bees, which I looked it up and I seen the the poster and, you know, you shouldn't book, judge a book by the cover and all that. But I was like, ooh, that's going to be bad. Right. I could just tell. That's going to be bad. But I love the idea of where it's not just two, two bottom of the barrel movies where we're talking about something that's generally considered a classic and a bottom of the barrel movie. So I don't know. I think that juxtaposition of quality is kind of interesting. Next episode, uh, we do not have the movies ironed out yet. It's kind of up in the air. We might have something special lined up. We might not. So we'll just leave it at that for now. These movies that we watched today, specifically the birds got me thinking we are 100% going to do an Alfred Hitchcock month sometime. Not yet because we got the holidays coming up and that gives us plenty of things to theme movies around holidays dude horror Thanksgiving. i was thinking about this right we could do a horror thanksgiving a horror christmas we could do that and i might have us do it by the way jasper did you have fun on the halloween special yes which i didn't have fun on the halloween special connor flash did connor flash did it didn't sound like he did (laughs) he sounded like he had a hard time yeah he got messed up quite a bit but he's a survivor nonetheless he is the the survivor. Yeah, the two thousand the Grolix podcast Halloween special two thousand eighteen. I sent out on both the Grolix podcast feed and it went out on the GCU only feed too because mm-hmm. it's a true crossover. It had all of us on there, uh, me and you, and me and Jesse and Melanie. So give it a listen. Yeah, check it out if you haven't. You probably haven't. I see the download numbers. Take a listen. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. It's good. It's good. I thought me and uh, Blaine did very. You and Jesse, or Connor and Blaine, was a great pairing, and Melanie's character was ridiculous. <laughs> like, you guys were, like, the episode came out much more humorous than I had expected, and I'm glad. I'm glad it did. Because it wasn't really going to be scary. You get to hear my drowning special effects. Yeah, it was good. Is it was good. Unedited, but edited. So, if you want to hear more Grolix Cinematic Universe, go to GrolixPodcast.com. We're there. You can find us. You can find us. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Spotify. Spotify. We're on both iTunes and Spotify under the Grolix podcast, or you can get just GCU if you search Grolix Cinematic Universe. You can also follow us on Twitter at GCU Podcast. Uh, I'm Randall Sylvie. Just, I am. <laughs> I'm Randall Sylvie. Oh, Sylvie. I thought you were going to, I'm Randall Sylvie, and then you go, did you want me to jump in? <laughs> I'm Randall Sylvie, and uh, check me out at at randallsylvie.com it's r-a-n-d-a-l-s-i-l-v-e-y randallsylvie.com or at randallsylvie on twitter and uh also give if you're on twitter give uh, at grolix podcast to follow how about you well it's been jasper you can catch me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> gotta catch them all at caranzo media which is at symbol k-o-r-a-n-s-o media <laughs> yeah this look i'm like He's either trying really hard to recall how to spell that, or he just had a no, pan aneurysm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to think of how I, I did it last time. No, oh, the, the timing? T- yeah, t- you'll yeah. just keep doing it until you figure one that like clicks. That extra Monday got me, man. We, I feel like I'm like, eh, out of no, That extra Monday got me too. <laughs> um, Five Grolix episodes in a month I am not used to. Yeah, but yeah, catch me on there. Going to be updating more often. Good. You've been doing, um, I've noticed you've been, 
I can't contribute because I don't watch wrestling, but I've noticed you've been doing lots of tweets during wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Which is horse crap. Did you like the heavy metal theme? <laughs> yeah. God, I almost wanted that be our theme from now on. It could be. Did you see? Did, have you seen my Twitter name? Uh-huh. Metal Possessed Cross. Yeah, I did. I gotta change it now. What are you gonna change it to? The Bird Father. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> the Bird Father. Talker of the birds and bees. Alfred Hitchcock too. <laughs> Please make that your Twitter. That was name. pretty good, right? I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> Maybe that. I be... have never heard that one. <laughs> I know it's somebody. I've... Dude, it's so obvious. Somebody must have, but I don't think I have either. It just popped in my head. <laughs> oh, maybe no. that. Maybe that's what GCU will become for a while. GCU. I was because they just could switch his name to Jesse Beefer, like B, but that sounds Be- Beefer. It sounds like he. It sounds it, weird. You like beef? The life of a butcher. <laughs> yeah. My name's Jesse Beefer. I'm a beefer. I come from a family of beefers. My daddy was a beefer. My granddaddy was a beefer. My great granddaddy. He grew broccoli. <laughs> He's a broccolier. He's a broccolier. He married a supermodel. Her name was Heather Broccolier. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this arms make that sound when they go across my shorts. I know. Stop doing it. I'm trying to keep away. Sorry. Just put your arms somewhere. And keep them there. <laughs> T-pose. See yeah, how long that's going to last. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Uh, can I stop? <laughs> <laughs> okay. God, we make so much work for me. <laughs>